with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Welcome along to Full Time. My name is Sinead Kyo. And uh, this week we are going to be hearing from some great interviews with Michael Rice, Marty Mouse, Kavanagh and Denise Gall. Uh, if anyone tuned in last week, you would have heard some great interviews with John Mulhall and Paul Murphy and of course the legendary Eddie Brennan um, as well. So first off, we're going to kick off uh, listening back to some of those interviews now with uh, Denise Gall. She speaks to uh, Eddie Scally just about kind of the disparity and the inequality between the men's and and the women's uh, games. Really intru- interesting interview coming up now with uh, Denise Gall. Um, the the All Ireland semi final, wasn't it? Yeah, no it was pitch. down in Limerick. Yeah, wasn't that it? Yeah. Like, this is an All Ireland semi final. Yeah, it's mental that it happens. Like, it is, yeah. And I don't know if you if you remember this. This happened with us um, and yourselves as well. Kilkenny and Waterford drew in an All Ireland semi final, and the replay was played in Semple Stadium. Oh, um, yeah. Kilkenny and Waterford in the men's drew. Yeah. And it formed part of a triple header. So oh, Wexford yeah, played yeah. Cork that morning at half twelve, and it went extra time. Yeah, I actually, yeah, we played, and that went extra, and time, that went extra as well, time as well. Yeah. And, ma- and there was actually was a right crowd in then for the <coughs> extra, extra time. time. It probably helped us a bit. Yeah, it might have helped you. But yeah. we played three hours earlier, and yeah. there was about forty-five <laughs> people in Semper Stadium. Yeah, and like funny, uh, the, the reason I was like I was really annoyed about it because the semi-finals were fixed for Nolan Park, mm. and the TV cameras were going to be in Nolan Park to show both semi-finals live on TV. Yeah. But because the men's game had been changed, RTE, because it cost less, said just bring the two Camogie All-Ireland semi-finals to Semple yeah. Stadium. Semple Stadium and is like, a very different pitch. The Camogie is kind of driven, not like, kind of has to go with RTE in a way, because obviously they want to get, get it out there. So, like They're not going to turn around and say, no, like, we'll go to, you know, they want to have it on telly as well. So, yeah, it's, it is. It's, but it's, it's just when you make a switch, like something like that, and, I, and I'll put you back on the Wexford one. Wexford played... The Wexford Senior Hurling team played in Wexford Park and the Camogie team were allowed to play before them. Yeah. Allowed. And allowed, I make that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever the day happened, we were allowed to play before it. And I remember it was a tight enough game. Um, I'm going to say it was against Clare or, or Markham. Clare, is it Markham? That Markham girl was playing in oh, the forwards. Oh, awfully, is awfully. it? Awfully, yeah, um, yeah. And I remember in the last 10 or 15 minutes of that match, Wexford Park was absolutely mm. rammed. There was about 20,000 people yeah. crushed into it. And we were probably a point down and that stadium started rocking yeah. and roaring them on and we ran away with the game and I'd say if we'd have been let, out, let on there for under 10 minutes we'd have Ew. murdered them <laughs> but <clears throat> the buzz that the, the, the team got from playing in front of that crowd then the lads came out and played their match but a couple of months afterwards we'd looked to get a championship match played in Wexford Park and we were told that we couldn't uh, because the men were playing at, at 5 o'clock and they were going to have a junior yeah. hurling final on before it yeah. so we ended up playing in front of and, and like this is this is where I the bugbear they were fixing the camogie matches at the same day the same yeah so that's Kenny are playing issue. Cork in Nolan Park at the same time mm. as the Kenny Senior Hurlers are playing in Crow Park against Limerick yeah and like would it would it not make more sense Denise to join up the two associations in some ways like imagine having the camogie All-Ireland final on the same day as the All-Ireland Hurling final yeah um, now I know the tickets might be an issue and but what would you think of something like that yeah, obviously, I think there's definitely ways that um, that would be helpful. Like a lot with pitches, like even training. Like sometimes it is like looking for pitches under lights. Like is a big issue. Like for a lot of, lot of teams as well, and like even county teams. Like that's that's just a basic thing. You shouldn't be struggling to get a pitch. Like you know, so um, there definitely is ways like that. I think that would be beneficial. 
probably as a whole really it would be beneficial for them all like you said like even the mix up with the ladies football and that like shouldn't be happening no matter who, what it is or who it is like um so yeah it's probably probably I suppose yeah like they had it before before the hurling like it'd be on or you I suppose if, if your county was in both but um yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know how it'll go or whether like there's a lot of talk about it now. I suppose like and with the I suppose the GPAs and WGPA giant and maybe they'll work a bit towards. Well, see, it's it's just it's, like it's hard to know though if the Camogie Association or if the ladies football want to give up their. Well, see, this is the problem. It's, either, it's, like, it's kind of a, it's it's a it's a bureaucratic decision in mm. the sense that the offices don't want to give yeah, up any power. That's it. Um, they they want their own recognition. I suppose like that they are. Like there is a danger that if you did join up all the associations that you'd be the poor cousin whether it's the ladies football yeah. or, the, or, or the camogie that the, the men's game would get everything but yeah. I just think like there's certain things and in fairness to the WGPA the way the, isn't yeah. it the WG, like they've started and in fairness to them they've started to make sure that mm. certain things are happening but exactly, I, I, yeah. like I've seen camogie teams playing county matches and there's not food after the game for them I've seen Imagine training in the same county grounds as your county team. The females are training there yeah. and the males are training there and your training session finishes and you walk into dressing room A and get togged in and get back in your car and drive to Dublin while the men's team go into dressing room B and get yeah. served chicken curries and rice and the whole lot and they all, yeah. all served to them. But you can smell the chicken curry yeah. but you can't have it. Um, like, the, the, these gaps... You know they have to be closed. Like it's not right. Yeah, I know they do. In fairness, it is after getting a lot better. Like the last couple of years, like it is. You'd, you'd notice you'd be getting a lot more. And like even little things like mileage from for girls. Like it's you know it is. I just see that article about Ali Toomey there from Dublin, and she's, I think she spent said she spends a hundred euro on toll on toll fees. She lives out in Lucan, I think. So to go into training, she spends a hundred euro on toll fees alone. Like, so like, obviously she's only in Dublin, but like there'll be girls traveling down, I suppose, from Dublin to Kenny or to even to Cork or wherever. And like, it's probably, it's a big expense, like diesel as well. And it's just something small that you could probably get given back. I know that WGPA do give out grants and stuff to county teams as well. So probably a lot of it like maybe physios and stuff like that so it is after getting better like like, like you're, you're, you're in the home of the All-Ireland Champions you've, you're, you're lucky you have a manager in Brian Dowling yeah. who I would say is meticulous in what he, yeah, what yeah, he does and, and yeah. uh, Sheila as your chairperson yeah is, is they're all brilliant yeah, in um, and, and, and in fairness like you'll find that in every county they're all doing their best uh, they are like that's it you can't ever say I'm bad because they're all volunteers when it comes to camogie like like you know all your county chair people and everything like my mother worked worked in it for years like she was involved doing fixtures and stuff and like she's still be kind of involved and like they are all there for the love of it at the end of the day like it's not for them to be making any money or acting out of it so like see and, and this is the thing they're all just doing their best I suppose and it's no, up to the I, higher powers isn't it to it is, but see, them all like, together, like. like the problem though is, and I, and I'm not like I'm not having that, and I know you're yeah. not either. We're not, we're not. But what I'm on about is, like, when you get a big sponsor coming in, like Kilkenny are very lucky with with yeah, Drombia. absolutely, um, yeah. They're a super sponsor and they look after them. Um, in Dublin, AIG, yeah. Like, oh like, yeah, they're blessed. Make your eyes like, water now when you see yeah. the money that's been yeah. put into Dublin GEA. And um, but that's. With AIG, in fairness to them, insisted that a certain amount of money, I believe, was filtered into the football. And the camogie as well, yeah. if you know what I mean, that they, they, they yeah. looked after. Um, but, like, 
if the if the if all the bodies join together, and then when you got a title sponsor for a county team, like, and and I and, I, and, I, and I'm telling you now, it's okay. AIG are sponsoring um, Dublin and Glanbeer with yourselves, but if you look oh, at an awful lot of the counties, county teams, yeah. the male team is sponsored by a completely different oh, yeah, sponsor yeah, than, them, yeah. than the female team. But if 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 all the associations came together and worked together, surely it'd make more sense. Yeah. That, you know, yeah, to pull everyone know, in yeah, and, and then the sponsorship side of things and I suppose whatnot. I say like a lot of teams are kind of sponsored and maybe it's just a, a tag on the jersey more than that and like you know we'd be wondering how much they're really getting out of it for the camogie or the ladies football say but um, yeah you'd be blessed to be I suppose from we're lucky enough like we're having more and that they're good to us but like still it doesn't stop us from having to do our own bit of fundraising before all Ireland's and that and that's probably the biggest difference like you're never I don't know, like, I, I wouldn't say the lads would be going to businesses asking them for, for a couple of hundred euro or 50 euro here and there and just to, I suppose, get a bus up or to get a banquet after the, after the match, like, you know, so that's probably... And again, it'd be better to see if the, if the, like, in fairness, like, uh, personally, I, when I seen different things on Facebook to support the Kilkenny yeah. team straight away, I text Martin Quilty and said, look, you know, yeah, put, yeah. put me down for this or exactly, put me down for that. Yeah. But I just think that like the support of Club there and in fairness to them they're wonderful mm. for the Kenny Senior Hurlers and I know they got yeah. involved a bit this year for the community yeah, as well yeah. but again if they were all mixed if everybody That's was it. working it's off the same it's kind of the shared path. benefits I suppose from from being the one association or, or that but um, yeah I don't know I don't know will it ever change or probably be retired when it does anyway but hopefully like it's Denise because because I'm going to wrap up I don't want to keep you yeah. hostage here forever I'm sure you're <laughs> eager to get away from me before you end up having to jump over that occasion but, but if, if, if it was to ask you kind of we're obviously in a tough time with lockdown and whatnot at the moment everyone's finding it very mm. tough and I'm sure you are yourself but kind of looking at it from your own perspective and whatnot like over the next couple of months we're going to get back training and whatnot like if you if if, if you were looking at this season's kind of targets for yourselves with the team yeah. and, and with your club um, you know what what way would you like to see this season coming out like I mean obviously I know you're going to want to retain the All-Ireland title um, the, the question I'm asking is on a different kind of side of it is if you were allowed to make the decision yourself what way would the structure be when we come back will we come back with club championships first or will we come back with county championships first or what do you think would be the easiest one for you personally like um I like probably club first to be honest but maybe it's just because it worked so well last year like um, I think there's a big issue especially with girls probably more so minor age with clubs of dropout and that's what you'd be like you know if you have a small club and you have a few girls there and they don't know whether they're going to come back or they're not like you probably want to get them back and underage that age like it is it is very important Um, so yeah, probably to get the club back and I suppose you're kind of in with the club then and, you know, you, you kind of takes your mind off the county as well so you're iron to go back then and get in with the county. But I don't know, like really then if they could, it depends, like if they could do a bit of a league for the county and then go back to the club and then go back county, that would probably be my preferred preferred option because you'd be in some way good going back to your club then I suppose as well you wouldn't be <laughs> you'd be at a bit of an edge yeah but I, I don't know I don't know it just depends I suppose how soon they're hoping to get back or but um, I think a lot of people would say probably club first and it probably worked out well last year probably like I said before probably gave us all back a bit of a love like you know going out with the club and it was probably the first time in a long time 
since started playing county that had like a good period with the club and like probably got to know a lot of the girls like who were younger than me maybe I wouldn't have been friendly with from the club and that so it was nice like to kind of get the time with them and even like we were lucky enough to have three three of us on the county team and like the girls would have said like it was massive for them to have us to be at training as well and like do you know like we weren't afraid of showing the manager a few drills and stuff that we'd be doing inside as well so it benefits the club like as well having the county people there I suppose from Big the time. start like definitely so be nice like I suppose either way you do it you'll have that I suppose that's one kind of benefit from it all that you are going to have probably a split like season really from it so um yeah it's hard to know sure we'll settle for any of them no we'll settle for anything at the moment yeah we will so sure please God yeah, that was uh, Denise Gall there. That was a really interesting chat there with Eddie Scally. Um, especially just kind of talking about some of the inequalities there with the men's game versus the, the women's game as well. And just kind of chatting as well about maybe the possibility of the LGFA and the Camogie Association joining forces. And I think personally, I do think that that would be a good thing. And then who knows, maybe sometime in the future, then um, that newly formed organisation might uh, go ahead and uh, join up with the, the GAA as well. So, yeah, really good chat there with uh, Denise Gall. Uh, now, we're going to take a quick break, but coming up after the break, you're going to hear from uh, Kilkenny. Um, we're going to hear from Kilkenny man uh, Michael Rice. Um, and then later on in the show, then uh, we're going to have Marty Mouse Cavanagh then from uh, from Carlo. So, um, yeah, that's all to come later on in the show. But we're just going to take a, a quick break and we'll be back after this. This is Full Time on KCLOR. Welcome back to Full Time with uh, Sinead Kyo. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So last week uh, we had a look back on some great interviews there with uh, John Mulhall and Paul Murphy and Eddie Brennan and I really hope that you enjoyed those interviews with those Kilkenny legends. Um, do remember that you can you can listen back to any of those interviews on KCLR's exclusive GAA podcast, The Clash Act. Um, you just heard from Denise Gall there a couple of minutes ago as well. Really interesting conversation there about Camogie and about the future of Camogie as well. Uh, now, as promised, we're going to be listening now to an interview with Marty Mouse Kavanagh from um, Carlo. Of course, he's an inter-county hurler there with uh, Carlo and also a uh, St Mullins club man as well. So uh, just very, um, very intriguing in- conversation that he had there with, uh, with Eddie Scally. And we're just going to listen to that now. They're the most important years. People don't think of these things when they're looking at somebody at 27 or 28, but they do forget that the foundation and the brickwork is done at these ads at 13, 14 and 15. This is where you develop a player and, and, and learn the right attitude. So I think it's it, it's very nice that you do think back to, to, to somebody that was pushing you at under 12s or under 14s. But just on, a, on the other side is, 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 is your own family life at home. You know, where was the push push coming from home? Was there a, was there a mum with a sweeping brush bait in the back of the head of you to get out of bed and go training or what way was it like at home? Ah yeah, like the home was, well, God, the home was like it was competitive out, like you know, like I'm, I'm the youngest, I was six, you know, three lads, three girls, and you know, and 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 like my mommy, daddy always wanted us out, like you know, I'll go train and go train, like and very good that way, like and just, just the match, you know, you you always hear of people with siblings, you know, just the matches out in the backyard and they used to kill each other, like you know, and so that, that was the way it was the same in the captain in Cavan's house hall as well, you know, and that's, that was, that 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 make that make you up to do, like you know, you're. you're Toughen you up as a young lad, look, and that you know, probably went into many more times and not crying, but like it, it toughen you up, Harry, you know, going forward and stuff. And 
that they're great memories and definitely helps like it definitely helps you like you know because we're all we're all the three sisters as well they're mad into the, the hurling as well and to be at every match and so obviously two brothers of mine they're still playing at the club and still going strong so so that was great so it was great you know a big family you know and I said my father and my, and the uncle, or my father's brothers and 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 mammy's side as well like they're hurling mad as well like and plenty of plenty of cousins as well there to be playing and so we've we've a huge old cousin tree there with the family tree with the obviously a lot of lads of the Rangers team as well like and so we would have all met up young when we were very young as well and so they're all hurling mad too so you know it's it's a big it's a big thing in in the our family I suppose hurling you know and was it a case of when you were going visiting your cousins you were bringing hurls with you? <laughs> oh absolutely yeah, absolutely yeah the boot would be the boot would be full of hurls you know and sir, straight out to the garden then and see what happens <laughs> I, I was reading an article a couple of weeks ago with, with Tommy Welch and he said that whatever pitch they used to use when he visited certain cousins they had no lines but there was barbed wire around the outside of the field and that was used as the defining line and he said you learned how to mind yourself there he said if you were running down the line and there was a fella coming in to make contact you knew that it was barbed wire you were hitting if he got you <laughs> so he said that's he learned that sounds tough now anyway in the sideline for our matches anyway well, maybe, it's, maybe it's something that you could look at doing at your own club train and slap up a bit of barbed wire at the end line and we'll see when lads move their feet a bit quicker it seemed to work for Tommy alright yeah there's no, no doubt about it Marty but Marty you know in, 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 in 2017 you took a path that you know that lots of students do you're probably flying at the prime of your career and hurling and the whole lot and you made the, you made the choice to uh head stateside and, and head out to America for a while where did that come about or, or what was the idea behind it or was it just a trip for fun yeah so well originally you know, I, I was, I've seen phone calls about going out like over the years you know, going back to probably 2014 or 2013 I guess when I kind of started getting phone calls about what I went to obviously it was always in the back of my mind to go like I definitely will go eventually like in was then we won a few championships at club and I just never never got to go and in 2017 then we won the Christy Ring that year and we played Leith in the All-Ireland Qualifier on a Saturday I think it was a Saturday and if we won that I wasn't able to go because we were playing the following week and it was past the deadline in America but it turned out we lost that match with a pint and I had, the deadline was to be out that Thursday so I said I said, I said, if, if, look, if things don't work out, I'm going to go. So I, as, it, as it worked out then, we lost. And I was on a flight then two days later to America. And yeah, so I went, to, went out to San Francisco then to play, play hurling for the summer and loved it. Absolutely loved every minute of it. And kind of got a graph for it then and went back. <laughs> and when you were in San Francisco, um, you know, who 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 was with you in the in the club team in San Francisco and and from home? Had you anybody living with you? You know, any lads from Skiok or, or or any of that area? You know, in general, did you have any pals out there when you got there? Well, it actually worked out now that James James Dyer, my own clubmate, he actually came with me as well. He went to a different club in San Francisco because um, they were just would say all the all the visas were taken up for the club I was going to, so he had to go to another club. Well. So he was out there. Obviously, he was, I wasn't living with him. I was living with uh, all my all the lads who were playing for the San Francisco or for Tipperary, and he was living with lads from the senior. So he was there. So that was, it was great to have him there, you know. But other than that, like I didn't, I wouldn't have. Actually, there was a chap from Paul's down there. Actually, Billy Hallen, man, he was there. 
Um, but I wouldn't have known Billy. But obviously got to know lads. But it was great. Like you know, you're, you're living in a house there. Sixteen lads. Well, it's not. It wasn't great. The house was. <laughs> regards to regards to cracking that. Like, no, I still talk to lads this day. Like so, uh, it was brilliant. It was a brilliant, brilliant experience, and I, 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 I'd urge anyone to go do it because something you definitely remember forever. Like. And like your your time out there for that summer, you went out and, and hurled for the summer. Did you know? I know I've seen it before with some players. Some players go out and work and hurl and, and work and play football, and other players go out and and, and just play football. And um, with yourself, were you working while you were there, or was it just all hurling? No, I, I worked. I worked. Um, just worked labour. That's all. Yeah. So, so what would happen is treat the the manager, whoever brings you out, like to look after you that way. You know, he'd 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 be in contact with 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 other other owner or other business owners, and maybe three or four lads off the team will go to this lad, and it's just it's just, it's just work there, and you could be doing she could be doing anything really. Um, so that was it. Yeah, work for a few weeks. You work for a few weeks when you have a bit of time off. Then we're not hurling matches out there. You know, you go travelling for a week down 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 the coast or or whatnot, or head, or head to head anywhere else. Like just do a bit of travelling, sightseeing. So that was that was pretty much it. Like. But you work for three or four weeks, you take maybe a week off, two weeks off, you go travelling, you come back, you work another few weeks, and then you go travelling again. So that was always, always brilliant, brilliant. Literally living the dream, like? Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And then you came home after that, you were home for a little while, um, and you made the decision to go back out again. I did, yeah, and, and, and like, the county team was actually, we actually, we actually won the league, we won the league that, that, March, we bet West Meath in, in Port Leash and we got more to beat in one week. Counting was fine, like, and uh, sure, it was being obviously what the, the, the lads wanted me to go, but he wanted me back out there again. And you know, and the John Mac, that was the first year John Mac done started. And obviously, in the back of my mind, you know, like, we, we have there's a great chance of winning the John Mac on here. But I, 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 I made the call that I was going on, and I, I, I just I told him that Colin Bonner was all around, and he was he was 100% about it, you know. He, he, was completely understanding and and then he said no problem at all look and that was it and like I was I was around there for the first two matches of John Tunnel but I couldn't play it because I, if I played that matches then I couldn't go play in San Francisco I got you there I was on the line I was in war so so anyway I worked out to I had a great summer and obviously the boys had a great summer so they won and look obviously I would love to have been there obviously I would love to have played if I was doing it on a medal but I don't regret going because I had one. I had another brilliant summer, and I met friends for life, and I got to see a good bit of the world. And so, look, it, it worked out great. It worked out well for four parties, I suppose. In the end. Yeah, no, and like it was one of the questions I was going to ask you, and you, you've answered it yourself. Is, is do you have any regrets on it? And I think it's 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 it's, it's wonderful to, to hear you saying that you don't have actually any regrets. That you're delighted it worked out for both sets of people, the, the Carlo people and yourself, that you both had great mm. summers. Um, but then. You come back and like like it's fair to say you know twenty nineteen was you know it was a marquee year for your own club. Um, yeah, like, you, yeah, yeah, you would hear, yeah, sure. It was a twenty nineteen was a brilliant year in general with the county because we were up in the we were up playing Leinster Championship. You know, we take Galway away in South Hill packed. Then we take Kenny and Carlo packed, and we take Dublin at home and Wexford away, and there were there were huge games like just unbelievable like just. Things I suppose you, you, you only dream, you dreamt about like playing for, when you were playing just few years ago and playing them matches like and I suppose just ran on into the club then and obviously look we we were lucky enough in the club like we were dead and buried in the semi final like 
we just won't go over that. And then Ted Rangers in the final then, and there were 14 men after 15 minutes, and we somehow got, got um, we somehow pulled it out of the fire. And uh, history then, you know, went on to great Lauren and Leinster, and again it was unbelievable scenes, and to never seen just the, the atmosphere in the club and. Just, it was unre- unbelievable. Like, like anyone you talk to any man now down to one of them, just talk about it. Like, and that's something that'll stay with you forever. Like, you know, yeah, there, there was a couple of things in that year that I want to try and like. I had just started doing a bit with the radio, and I'd started to, to you know, this is where I was really starting to get to see a lot of Carlo Hurling and a lot of club hurling um, around the country. But there was there was a couple of mad things happened that year. Like, I can't remember what the backstory was, but. You'll obviously remember this, and you might enlighten me a little bit better. But the Ballon Killing game, he were due to play Ballon Killing in a semi final. There was, I can't remember, was it some backlog of fixtures or something like that? Um, Ballon Killing then mm. basically didn't play in the semi final. They subsequently got thrown out of the championship, so you were straight into a final. If I've said it wrong, stop me. And then your club went to the county board and said, no, we'll play Ballon Killing in the semi final next week, say. And then you yeah. went out and played Ballon Killing. And if I remember rightly, you were bet in the semi-final. You got a goal at the last minute to take the extra time. Last fuck of the ball, yeah. <laughs> like last fuck of the ball, I got three, yeah. And like, now this is a genuine question, and I'm not being a prick asking this. Like, but was there, like, if I manage a team, if I got told the team is meant to play in the county semi-final, aren't able to field the team next week, will you play them in two weeks? My answer would be no. Um, if, if they can't feel the team bring up their under 14s we'll play them I want to get the county final but I'm greedy and I'm not very much I'll do what I have to do to win what was the thought process behind St Mullins kind of agreeing to, to, to play that fixture yeah so actually that was it was mad yeah that was it was a crazy few weeks but we didn't know either what we were going on we didn't know if we were playing for St final or final we kind of did a decision against the players then it, kind of, it was up to us whether whether you want to battle killing or not to back in the championship but like ultimately you want if you want to win a county final you want to earn to win it and it didn't feel right um not going to a going to a final without playing a final without playing a semi final so that was it. And you know there there was all that um you know, what if we we say we'll play at a match and then they beat us. How job we look like idiots like but that wasn't the you know, that was a few of people too you just hear that going around but like if you, as I always say, you have to earn the right to, to to win these things, and we we had semi final, we had six or semi finals to play, and we had to go over that, and then then we can then we can see if we can win a championship. And so that was that was all it was, and oh, it, it worked out in the end, Marty. And like for you yourself, I have to ask with with, with two minutes to go against Bally Killen, were you thinking, oh shit? <laughs> I sure was thinking we're going to get fleeced. Yeah, <laughs> the players are going to get fleeced. <laughs> So I'm thinking about going there for a month or something, get out here. I don't want to get fleeced, but I should look, I suppose that's the, it's you not, know, that's the, what would you call it? I suppose calm and fear, you know. We lo- we got the, we got our bit of luck in the end and we got the goal and went on, went on an unbelievable journey then, you know. And maybe if, if, if we hadn't have played that ball and went to a final, we wouldn't have won the championship. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it is. And like, like that whole run that year, like he beat. Ballon killing an extra time. The game against Mount Leinster Rangers was was pretty close. Um, you played the Leash team. It was the Leash team. It was. I think that was the semi final. Yeah, yeah. Like or we played Kula. Sorry, Kula. Kula was in the quarters, and then it was Rathdowney in the semis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember the Rathdowney game because we covered it. Um, 
I, I hope I'm not crediting the wrong person, but I think it was James Doyle scored the most outrageous mm. point. Um, you did, yeah. It was the last puck of the game, really. Um, oh, if I remember yeah, it right, he, he broke in two, and flicked it. Two. That's right, yeah. He got two savage points there. To, he got, well, yeah, he got two, we got five points in different play, and he got the last two scores. Two outrageous points there in, in injury time. You know. That last point, yeah, it was, it was something else like. No one else could do it, and yeah. Yeah, that was a great interview there with uh, Marty Mouse uh, Kavanagh. So yeah, I, I, I've really been enjoying all of the, uh, the episodes there from the Clash Act podcast. Do remember that you can go back and listen to any of those episodes, um, wherever you get your podcasts. So whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, podcast, Spotify, or even if you want to go online onto KCLR, uh, the, the website there or onto Scoreline, you can stream it from there as well. So we just kind of play the highlights, but uh, you can you can listen back and some of those interviews might be an hour, an hour and a half in length. So perfect to, to tune into, to plug that into your ears. Great GAA content if you're going for a walk or anything like that. But yeah, lovely to hear there from St Mullins Clubman, um, Mouse Kavanagh. And uh, we're we're actually going to hear from Michael Rice after the break. Um, but do stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break now. And afterwards, you're going to hear from Michael Rice, former inter-county hurler with Kilkenny and eight-time All-Ireland winner. This is Full Time on KCLR. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Uh, that last interview there with Mouse Kavanagh. And now we're going to go to a Kilkenny man. I know we kind of had a Kilkenny theme there on last week's show. Uh, but this is a really interesting uh, conversation with Michael Rice. You recognise Michael Rice, of course, from his days playing with Kilkenny. Um, eight-time All-Ireland winner, as I mentioned before. But uh, you'll also recognise him from TG Cahar. He does a lot of commentary there on the game for TG Cahar as well but uh, this is a great conversation because he talks about kind of his journey through the Kilkenny inter-county scene and through the ranks going from minor to under 21 and eventually kind of finding himself under the watchful eye of uh, Brian Cody at senior level as well so we're really looking forward to uh, listening to these highlights now from Michael Rice. You know, you were very, very lucky. Well, you weren't very lucky. You deserved everything you'd done. Like, <laughs> but um, the area you played in, like, I mean... You were in the Kilkenny Minor panel for I think you were in there for two years yeah. with the Kilkenny Minors. Um, you captained them in your in your second year, and you were lucky enough to to captain Kilkenny to an All Ireland title yeah. at Minor. Like that must have been, you know, a great start for yourself. Obviously, uh, yeah, sure, it was huge, a huge thing. Like you mentioned earlier, I had one one things with 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 Kieran's along the way, and that, look, I ended up playing, you know, under fourteen, Tony Forrest, and under sixteen, which is great for your confidence as a young chap as well. That you're you're in the mix there. You're playing with these lads that you probably you know the likes of. I mentioned them already with, with Tommy and I mean I think there was Tommy, myself and David Herity um, with three of us would have played Tony Forrest and we ended up playing senior as well which was a great to go on all the way through that but um, yeah into the minor then um, going see again there's a lot of things lead into that probably going well with, with Kieran's College and going well with Carrick Shock at the time so we're we're in those A finals so you're you're in the shop window as such and uh, as a result of that get selected played Nicky Cashin then was teaching in Cairns at the time was manager brother Brennan God rest him was uh, a selector there um, and again two men that had a huge influence on my career and um, played wing back my first year uh, we lost to Cork in the semi-final in 0-1 brilliant match um, unfortunately I think Fraggy Murphy got 3-6 or something that day uh, and we ended up losing out then the following year look uh, played midfield and was captain of the team um, and look, had a great win, beat Tipperary in the final, couldn't have asked for more, to be honest, and uh, 
get to captain the team was a was a huge honour, and that's thanks to my club again because we ended up winning the county the year before, um, beat our, our old rivals and neighbours, um, the Shamrocks in in that final, and even that that time that was great because we mentioned the Carrick Shock lads that were probably on our team, and then we were up against Cha and Michael Fenley and and these lads um, that were were obviously going on to be county stars as well. And then from the minor, you went pretty much straight into the under-21 panels at that stage after a couple yeah. of years at minor. Um, beating in an All-Ireland final, I think, in under-21. Was it an All-Ireland final? I think Galway beat you. No, we, yeah, we won we won 0-3 with 0-4. Um, uh, great times, great crack. Um, so, we, we yeah, Martin Fogarty was put, appointed as manager yeah. to my first year. Self and Mick Dempsey came in. And um, look, we just had a brilliant, brilliant time. Trend was tough, but Trend was brilliant. Um, and there was just good old crack to it and he created a kind of a spirit and a bit of camaraderie amongst the team which was hard to do because we had nine lads in 0-3 involved with the seniors so they were never really with us unless we could get them for the odd match here and there um, but like obviously when they came back there was a huge strength to the whole team and everything but it's very hard to mesh that in together where you're having a panel of possibly 40 because nine lads are gone the whole time and then to bring in now we like obviously it was bringing back JJ and Tommy and Brian Dowell and Willie O'Dwyer Aidan Fogarty Ken Coog and Jackie Terrell um, I'm missing one or two there as well so like them coming back in strengthened the whole thing um, but at the same time um, it was to get that mix of kind of meshing us all together and yeah. that was the great quality that Martin Fogarty and Mick Dempsey had to be able to bring us together won all Ireland in 0-3 beat Galway in the final a, a fa- fairly fancied team um, and then in 0-4 we beat Tip in the park um uh, with a, a great win again then 0-5 um, we were going for, for three in a row and we lost out to um, we lost out to Galway down in Limerick um, a match that I still think we probably we should have got over the line we just we just didn't perform to as well as we could have on the day You've done it twice now three times since we started chatting and it's when you talk about your wins yeah, you gloss over it nice and quickly yeah we won <laughs> this game we won this game we won this game and when you talk about your defeats yeah. you know we had a you, you talked about the two club finals <laughs> that you lost, you know, and it was we need to focus on this, and then the game that you lost there now against Galway, you focus on that. Is it? Is it like I know it's a cliche that you know that yeah. you remember the defeats a lot I better. Know, I know. Is it the truth though? Is I'm it? tipping off to meet the sports psychologist after this. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. And look, I'd say lots of lads are the same. I'm sure they are. Uh, maybe, and do you know what? Maybe that's not a good thing either to overly overly focus on it. It drives you for the next time. Um, so maybe. It probably is, I don't know. Um, in terms of psychology, I'd say it's probably not great to be overly critical of yourself and probably that's something that I would have been throughout my career, probably a little over, overly critical, even though yeah, my father would have been, had a great, you know, uh, he would have given me that great quote, like, you know, treat both, I suppose, success and failures as, as imposters, but I probably overly maybe on the, the downside when I would have lost, I would have maybe overly focused on it and more, maybe overanalyzed. Whereas, obviously, when you win as well, not everything's 100% either, you know, but yet you move on a bit quicker. Um, So I think that probably feeds into it a fair bit that you... Yeah, and I I think there's probably a lot of players like that if you talk... I don't know, you've done a lot of interviews. There's probably that we do focus on the losses, but they drive you and they steal you for the future and you learn a lot from them. Um, But you probably should analyse the wins as well and not be overly patting yourself on the back either, you know? it's, it's, It's just, like, it is something, and I know myself I see it with teams that I'm coaching and things like that and I see it with all the lads that I've spoken to they do focus on it and even the, the management team I have at the moment with Blacks and Whites we won't win a game by a point mm. 
no real conversation after the game you know that type of way it's, that yeah. was fantastic and I'm going home in the car and I'm chewing the steering wheel with temper because of things I've seen wrong but then you go out and lose a game by a point and it, Jesus you know yeah. we may get rid of these that's, that's <laughs> players meeting and all that this is it you know and, yeah. and I, as much as I try to and I always say it and I say it to players the whole time you know as a rule I try not to talk to players straight after a game I literally I go over and say listen I'll see you on Tuesday night because everyone's blood pressure is up everyone's wound up and maybe let's have a look and see let's have a think about this and we'll chat then but for whatever reason in, in everything a win glosses over a performance yeah. um, but a defeat my god like it's yeah. family flowers only if you're yeah. bet by more than three points you yeah. know it's 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 it's. and you know so, I suppose when you win and all learned or something maybe it's better off not to go back and watch that either because you mightn't have played as well as you thought you had either <laughs> you know because you're, again you have that unconscious bias maybe in your head that's kind of filtering in and saying oh god everything we did today was deadly it was the perfect performance and of course it's not of course it's not you know and like you probably you, you look at how Brian Cody ha, has gone over the years and off a winning team he might have changed it and people go oh god why is he changing a winning team or god he's leaving off an all star from last year but your last year was last year yeah, and, he's, and, and I'm pretty sure he might have watched that match or watched that a number of matches over the years and he's recognised something where he said okay I need to change this now you know, and look, it's back to that kind of a cliche. If you're if you're not changing, you're not moving forward as well. You know, no, it, 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 it's vital, and that 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 takes us nicely onto your breakthrough into the the Kilkenny senior panel. Around two thousand and five, you're called into the panel. Yeah. Um, you start working away. Midfield is obviously the position that you're being pushed for. At the time, Kilkenny were very weak in that area. Young James Jaffis Patrick, you know, he's obviously probably twenty four or twenty five. Michael Fenley, um, I'd say it was. Great fun walking and thinking, right, I have to try and shift one of these boys yeah, out sure of position. It was chocker blocking there at the time. And um, sure, at the time, it was kind of, I came in in 05. Um, Cha was just in there. But Cha was kind of playing more in the forwards in 04 and 05. Um, and, and funny enough, in against Clare in the All-Ireland semi-final in 2006, I played corner forward and Cha played midfield. Now, Brian, change that around, will you? <laughs> but at the time, I was going well. I was going well. Um, corner forward so that wasn't you know it was brilliant to, to get selected uh, and Chad just took off midfield that year Lingers was there for a couple of years at that stage and obviously was the probably the market leader in, in Ireland at, at, yeah. you know and I'm thinking when I'm coming God is he going to retire soon or whatever but I think he was only 27 or something you know <laughs> I was hoping he'd move on um, and then Michael Fenley came into the panel in 06 as well um, you had PJ Laney who's more naturally a back brain was trying him at midfield as well Richie Mullally was knocking around uh, Tommy had played a bit of time there um, so yeah it was fairly chocker block at the time but look I was being, I was playing in the forwards a lot in that league in 06 as well kind of half forward um, and uh, look I, I probably did well enough in a couple of leagues over 6, 7, 8 but then championship just to break in and you just needed to have the credits built up and to play, you know, there's a kind of a thing where I see it is, if you've played consistently well and are on the championship team, uh, you can have a bad match, you know. Uh, not many lads did, but you can have a bad match and you can still, you know, that the trust is built there, that Brian knows, right. Over time. Yeah, that's, that. yeah. And any manager would be the same, that look, he had a blip and he played next day. But when you're trying to break into the team, you need to be merely more consistently, you have to be, every match is 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 a huge because if you have one bad match, well, this panel was so strong that Brian, Brian and his selectors couldn't be just looking at you and saying, ah, we'll keep giving him games. Now, I'm sure he, he probably, I'm not saying I was very good in all matches. He did, and he gave you that opportunity. But, like, there's a time, it kind of nearly hit a stage where, okay, he, he genuinely trusts me now, and 
you know. And then, as a result of that, you probably play with a little more ease and you play better and you, you just are, you have more confidence in yourself as a result. But you, you see, like this year's team, I watched, I was lucky enough to get to nearly, go to nearly all the National League yeah. games. And, like, I love what I see, what's happening in front of my eyes. Like, I can see players, like, you would have thought probably some of these guys, there's young yeah. lads coming in. But there was one, one player I watched this year in particular in the league was James Bergen. Yeah. And I was just so thrilled from to see him, you know, doing well, like, and, yeah. and getting there. And, and it was lovely to see him coming on in Crow Park last week and, and you know he's playing with no fear He's um, but Brian has to have instilled that confidence this is a guy that 12 months ago was playing junior hurling in, yeah. with his club Connie Shamrocks yeah. and Kilkenny he wasn't there wasn't a, a man in Kilkenny man, woman or child in Kilkenny mentioning his name well funnily enough know. I was at one of the matches because I was uh, Moonkind versus Connie down below in Thomastown and sure enough Brian Cody was there watching it Yeah, you know yeah, that was a great interview there with Michael Rice, eight-time All-Ireland winner uh, with Kilkenny. Uh, I hope you all really enjoyed the show and um, listen back. Don't be afraid to um, download the app, the Clash Act uh, podcast there, KCLR's GAA podcast. podcast. Um, and please do join me back here next Monday, same time, same place. Uh, I've been Sinead Kyo and this has been full time. And uh, please do join me again next week for uh, the show. Hope you enjoyed. Full time on KCLR, your weekend sport in review with Eddie Scally.